Welcome to Church at the Vineyard Sermon of the Week with India Penrod. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you this week to know Jesus, press into freedom, discover the new, and pour into the world. It is my absolute honor and privilege to introduce our speaker this morning. I love being able to do this. Uh, She's going to tell you a little bit more in detail about what she's got, obviously, and I try not to step on her message all the time, but she does it to me almost every week, so I'll do it this time myself. So, but uh, I'm honored to introduce my wife, my partner in crime, my better half, my helpmate, the mother to my almost here child, India. Y'all give it up for her, for real. Y'all listen intently because she's got a word from God and uh, she read it to me last night and she was emotional sitting in the floor and I was like emotional with her, but she's got it. I'm already crying. This is really bad. I don't know how we're going to make it through this today, but uh, can y'all see me down here? I made them put the pulpit down here. Okay. Um, Goodness, y'all, my heart. I have never preached a message like this before in my life. I have never heard someone preach a message like this in my whole entire life. So that's how I know it's from the Father. Um, As you know, we just came out of the mental health series, so it's been heavy in here anyways. Um, And so all week last week, Jesus was like impressing me to, or poking at me to, asked Colton to preach this Sunday, and I said, if you get him to ask me (laughs) to preach, then I will. I wasn't going to do it just because Jesus was telling me to do it. I wanted (laughs) Colton to tell me to do it, apparently. But Colton came to me Sunday and was like, hey, I really need to rest this week. Can you preach? I was like, (laughs) I knew Jesus had a sense of humor, but I did not know it was going to be like that. You can laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Um, I am so uncomfortable doing this. I know I'm always the loud one, but um, when it's delivering Jesus' words, it's a lot of pressure. And I think that's what's wrong with the church, is we don't take it seriously anymore. This is not something I just created and studied this week to sound cute and look good. This is straight from the throne room. And I want us to not only hear what Jesus has to say today, but I'm gonna, he's going to set you forth. Um, and I, I really, really hope that you take a hold of what he's saying and doing. And it's okay to get emotional in here with me because I'm going to probably be crying the whole time. But I have never read just straight from a piece of paper while delivering a message. I usually am running back and forth and my shoes are usually off and I'm usually sweating and spitting by now. But... <laughs> Um, it's not like that today. So um, I have Madison. He's bless his heart. He's got to sit up here this whole time and play the piano for me. <laughs> so um, I'm going to try to make this quick and just deliver it. Um, can you just stretch your Actually, put your hand on your heart. 
Father, I pray that every soul in this room receives this today, not from India, but from Abba Father. Jesus, I pray that you move me, move us out of the way. And Father, you speak. Father, you completely speak to their heart, pierce their heart this morning, Jesus, in such a good way that leaves them completely changed when they walk out of this room today. Father, I pray that no one leaves the same, not even me. And Father, that you would just send us out on the mission that you have set forth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, I come to you, I'm full of joy, even though it doesn't look like it, but my soul is burdened. Um, I do not have the gift of preaching. Everybody will probably throw rocks at me when I say that, but I do have the gift to flow in the prophetic, so the word is going to be delivered today differently than it normally would be from Colton. Um, Jesus... You hear a lot of people all the times that want the gift of prophecy because they want to like hear Jesus and say what he has to say. And I just want to warn you that it is a calling and a gift that you don't want to ask for unless you're really ready for it. Um, Some people don't understand it. At first, my husband didn't understand it when I would just be in the floor weeping and he's like, what is wrong with you? Like, are you about to divorce me or something? Um, What is wrong with you? And I'm just like, no, I'm just feeling the Father's heart. And he says in Amos um, that he doesn't do anything on the earth without first revealing it to a prophet. And I was crazy one time, and I asked the Lord to start revealing things to me that was happening or going to happen on the earth before they happened so that I could be his intercessor in the kingdom of God. And I kind of keep that quiet. I, the only people I really tell what Jesus reveals to me is my notebook and sometimes my husband. Um, but I just want to warn you that it is a heavy calling. And this is the way I describe how Jesus feels right now in this moment is how he felt when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, I know he's full of joy this morning because he knows he's coming soon. But he also has that desperation of he, he's tired of seeing his children have to go through what they go through. And I can just see him like on the edge of his seat, sitting beside Jesus, or beside God. And he's like, can I please just go save them? And I really feel that this morning that his heart is not broken, but it's burdened um, for the things that are happening right now. But he's just so ready to come and rescue you. That's the only reason why. Um, So as I was preparing this, um, I keep hearing groanings of desperation all over the world. And I I heard people crying out in this room. I recognized some of the voices. And then I didn't recognize some of the voices of Jesus, like, revealing what the church is feeling. And I just, of course, the first one I wrote down is protect us from covid Father, save my sons and daughters. Father, open my spouse's eyes. Father, protect my child who is in the middle of a raging war. Protect your nations. I heard desperation cries of, please just save me. I heard heal our land. I heard Father use me. 
save me from this debt. And then I heard a desperate cry of wanting to return to Jesus, but not knowing how. And so as I was preparing for this, I asked him what was on his heart. And I'm just going to read this so you can close your eyes and just receive it. Or you can stare at me, whichever one makes you feel comfortable. But I asked him what was on his heart and I kept feeling a sense of this statement. And I'm going to read it because I don't want to miss a word that he said. My children have replaced my revelations for the knowledge of man in this hour. My children are living in the mentality of me walking on the earth, and they are awaiting on me to clean it all up. But I left the power and the authority of my Father on earth with my children to do greater than I had done on the earth. I trust my sons and daughters to be my hands and feet to show this world what my love looks like. What my soul, what Jesus' soul longs for, a returning to me. He said, he calls me my beloved because that's my favorite thing he calls me, but I remember him saying beloved. Please hear this. Can you just remind them that they are made in the image of me, but only my image, but in my likeness? I created them to represent me on this earth, not just to look like me, but to be like me. I am coming again soon, but my bride is scrambling in fear. And I need her to awaken by getting back to the feet of me in her prayer room, seeking my revelation. We have so much to accomplish, is what he said, but I believe in her. (laughs) Y'all, that is powerful. That is not from India. That is straight from Heavenly Father this morning. And I'm going to stop right there and look at you. Y'all, we have replaced... But as soon as we wake up in the morning, what is the first thing that you grab? Be honest. What is the first thing you grab when you wake up in the morning? Somebody tell me. Your phone. Knowledge of man has been replaced for revelation. What is the first thing you do before you fall asleep? You look at your phone. I'm afraid that revelation of man is not only ruining your calling and everything that we have to accomplish on this earth, but it's ruining marriages. It's ruining relationships. It's ruining the church in general. And it's ruining self-image because you know most of the time you're sitting and you're looking at what everybody else is doing and it's just a platform. It's not what's really happening inside of them. I see people cheating by using revelation of, or knowledge of man. I see families being destroyed because of revelation of man and knowledge of man. Because we have replaced God's wisdom over what, the, what he is trying to say in this hour, over what everybody else is saying. And you, I know that's hard to hear, but when we go to Jesus, can I be real for a moment? When we go to the world and ask him what we should do about this situation that's arising right now in COVID, before we we consider seeking counsel from Yahweh, 
That is when we're being misled by man. And I just want to remind you that Jesus, it started in Genesis in the garden. Adam did not have the knowledge of this world. In fact, God actually asked him to not eat of the knowledge or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God met him in the cool of the day every day and spoke revelation to him. Spoke to him what he wanted him to do. Gave him instruction. Because he had never created things that he was creating. He had never seen animals that he was feeding. He had never seen the plants that he was watering until Jesus spoke revelation. So Adam traded it all. I hate to say it that way, but he did. He traded it all of temptation for knowledge of man and then he ate of the tree of the of good and evil and that's when we became what God never intended us to have to endure we're still blaming Jesus and still blaming God for what's happening but when he created Adam and Eve he asked them not to eat of that tree because it was not the father's intent for you to have to know the good and evil of this world he wanted you to only know what revelation meant because he only spoke revelation and when he spoke revelation Adam and Eve obeyed without question but the enemy came in and you want to know how he came in he came in like a serpent and he said did God really say did God really tell you he's coming back again? Did God really tell you that he's going to save your son and daughter? Did God really tell you that revival is going to happen in the last days? Did God really say that the awakening is about to happen? Did God really say, and I hear the enemy this morning speaking in our ear as the church. Did God really say, and we are cowering down just like Adam and Eve did. And we're buying into the knowledge of man and we are not buying into the revelation of the Almighty. But in Revelation, it tells me that we will be the ones who are saved before the temptation of the world falls. And if I'm reminding and remembering correctly, we get to watch the enemy burn. Y'all, Jesus is so all over this. It was never his intent for us to ever know knowledge of man and we have replaced it and we blame Adam and Eve but you're still stuck in the mentality just like Adam and Eve was and you can break that off of you but we still want to say well it happened then so it's still happening now but we don't want to stop and say it was never his intent it was never his plan for me to have to seek a man's knowledge before the knowledge and the revelation of the wisdom of the Almighty. In Matthew 26, we, Jesus, we see Jesus headed to the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked Peter, James, and John to go with him. Do y'all know where I'm going with this? Do y'all remember the story? They got to a point um, of getting to the garden or in the garden, and Jesus asked them to stop and stay there, and he wanted them to what? He wanted them to pray. But Jesus goes a little further. He falls on his face before the Father. 
He knew that the revelation was quickly coming, but Jesus, fully man, still went to seek his face before he knew what he was supposed to do. You see, if Colton and I stopped praying as soon as we said yes to launch a church (laughs) and didn't go back to seek revelation, then we would fail the calling of God. You say yes, but then you have to carry out what Yahweh tells you to do. Jesus was the perfect example. Jesus literally was sent from heaven on an assignment to come here, and he knew when the time was coming. He knew what the people were thinking around him. He knew what his disciples really felt about him. He knew everything and still went to seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit because he knew as a full man he could not accomplish what his father wanted him to do without him. Do y'all hear me? I'm afraid that the church has stopped praying to the sense of falling on their face. Because the church right now is crying out, let this cup pass from me. If, I, I'm just... You can show of hands who is desperate for Jesus to save this world. We're still in the mentality that he's a he's going to have to come save it all. But before he left the earth, he said, "You will do greater than I have done." And I'm afraid that we're sitting down We're sleeping like Peter, James, and John. Jesus said, stay here. Here's your assignment. I'm going forward, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus told the disciples, stay right here. I've got to go a little further because I have to do this by myself, but I needed you three to stay with me. But I'm going to go a little further and seek what Father's wanting me to do, and I need you to pray. Jesus comes back three times, and they're all asleep. Peter's name represented the church, which is prophetic for this hour, that in that moment, he knew the assignment he was about to do, and he knew he was about to have to leave them. So he was teaching the church what to do when he left. The disciples sat with Jesus daily and learned everything that he was about to do. They, the knowledge of him, the wisdom of him, they got to feel the aroma of Yahweh, smell the aroma, feel how he felt, touch his clothes. And when he went and the next scene, literally in like Matthew 27, I think, the last time that Jesus tells Peter to pray, he says, pray so you do not fall into temptation. The next scene rolls over. Judas Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. And in that moment, Peter reacts and draws out a sword, cuts off the ear of the high priest. What would have happened if Peter would have prayed? Jesus knew what was about to happen to Peter. (laughs) 
he said, pray so you do not fall into temptation. Jesus, being fully man, knew he could not do it without his father. He cried out in desperation, asking the father to let the cup pass from him. But he knew it wasn't his will that had to be done, but it was his father's will that had to be done. His sweat became drops of blood, and three times he caught the inner circle asleep instead of praying. He knew Peter represented the church, and he knew Peter was about to act out in temptation, using a sword to handle the situation in his own hands instead of the counsel of the Father. He knew that Peter was about to deny him three times, but yet he chose Peter to go with him to pray because he knew he would one day return back to him like the whole church would. He knew the church would fail on some days, but he still had all of you in mind when he went to the cross. He knew that you would make mistakes. He knew that you would doubt your calling. He knew that you would doubt your identity. And he knew that he would have to remind you some days, get back, get back. But he knew because he took Peter as a representation of the church because he knew what he was doing for the sons and daughters of himself. I wanna go back to the later Jesus was betrayed with a kiss. Peter draws out the sword and cuts off the ear of the high priest. I don't know, I heard this before and it stuck with me, but in Leviticus 21.18, the word actually mentions that if a high priest had any dysfunctions with their face, they could not enter the temple of God. And only the high priest of that time could enter the temple of God and worship Yahweh. Well, they were still living in this law because Jesus had not died yet, okay? So they were still living in this law. So out of Peter's reaction, he cut off the access for the man to ever go in the temple again. I'm afraid that the church is trying to act in their own way. They are drawing swords. Division is raging. We have color against color. We have uh, men against women. We have vaccinated against unvaccinated. We have rich against poor. We have all of these divisions. And I'm afraid that the church is trying to respond out of their own knowledge, out of their own revelation, out of their own counsel. Because Jesus never intended on the division to happen. He even warns us in the last days that even mothers will be against sons and sons against fathers and mother-in-laws against daughter-in-laws. And I'm telling you something, that he warned us about all of this. And he is not in heaven right now scrambling, wondering what's about to happen. He is waiting on his sons and daughters to be the hands and feet of him and to be the church. And I think a lot of the mentality that we have right now is saying, well, it's too far gone. <laughs> if we continue to use that excuse, then we will continue to live how the world is living. But when we as a church, not just Church of the Vineyard, the body of Christ makes up their mind that we were called for such a time as this. He planted you. You know what? I was scared to death to have a child in this generation. But then it scares me more because of what's about to be birthed. Because I know that my son is a revivalist and he holds something inside of him that this world needs. And your children hold the same thing. They were born for such a time as
purpose, not to make you fear, not to make you cower down, not to make you wonder how you're going to raise your sons and daughters, but your sons and daughters are about to show this world what Yahweh really wanted to look like. And he chose this last generation for such a time as this because an awakening is coming, an awakening is happening, and it starts with who? Say me. It starts with us. So instead of reacting out like Peter reacted and you're cutting off the source of people from ever entering the church doors and you're like, well, that's not really happening. Really? When people have to ask me if their children are welcome at CATV, it makes me squall. What is wrong with a church that the homosexuality community has to question if they can step foot in the doors of CATV. The one who is poor, who doesn't have a place to sleep at night, is shamed to walk in the church doors. The prostitute who was sold when she was six has to question if she can show up to a church building because we've been Peter. You betrayed my Jesus. You committed adultery. You were addicted to drugs, Alfredo. We, we don't want to talk about this stuff. <laughs> One thing... I want to challenge all of you. This, there's multiple things. But as, as, as my flesh wants to challenge you, not just my spirit, but everything that proceeds from your mouth is going somewhere. And I had to learn the hard way that everything that comes from this is giving life or giving death to someone, something, a situation, the world, the calling of Yahweh. <laughs> Guard this. We just kept singing, you keep on getting better. You know that those sound waves are still like beaming through Fort Payne, even though we stopped singing it. <laughs> you keep on getting better. It's just like, can you just see like sound waves? I don't know. Do they even look like that? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I see in my head. Like waves of glory are just going down for pain. All Jesus asked Peter to do was pray. You know what he said? If my people who would call by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways he didn't say if my people would react and try to find a solution he didn't say if my people would come up with a creation a solution a program he said if my people would humble themselves pray when you seek his face you seek his revelation and revelation comes to you, and then you don't have to ask him what to do. He tells you what to do. Hear this. The strength of the kingdom is dependent on the strength of your home. I'm going to say it again. The strength of the kingdom is dependent 
on the strength of your home. In the garden, Jesus did not create a church. (laughs) He created a family. And it's time that revival starts in our home again and that we care more about what's happening in our home than how we look on Sunday. I challenge Church of the Vineyard to eat supper at your tables again with your family. I'm asking you, every night this week that you can, or morning breakfast, whatever, make it an intent to sit down and have a supper with your family. Be intentional to read the Word of God together at that supper and pray with your spouses and pray with your children. If I ask you to raise your hand in this room, if you felt uncomfortable praying to your spouse, all of you would probably raise your hand. Can I ask? Can we be vulnerable in the room? Who's uncomfortable to pray? I am. I'm going to be honest. Who's uncomfortable to open the Word of God and just sit and say, I have a word. We need to sit down and pray together. I'm your pastor's wife, and I'm sitting here saying that, okay? It makes me cringe sometimes to have to pray because I'm wild, and Colton's quiet. And I'm like, is something wrong with me? Or is something wrong with him? Because he's always quiet, and I'm always loud. And I'm like, that's why this is so different for me. I'm pregnant with his son. I really don't know, but I have been so calm in this pregnancy. Thank God. We are not entitled to the revelation of the Father, but it is available to those who draw near to Him. Close your eyes all over this room. Father, less of me and more of you. Incline your ear to your church and hear us from heaven. Use us again to be the hands and feet of you. Father, we repent as the church for trying to react like Peter reacted. Give us strength to endure. We pick up revelation from you again. Dress us in the armor of God. Give us the authority of heaven to see the enemy bow in this hour. Let the world start flooding the church doors, seeking revelation and strategies instead of us going out to seek what we need to do in the world. Let not the church cower down any longer. And I declare that warriors are rising in this room to hear revelation of the, of the Father. Reveal David's in this room. Reveal Deborah's in this room. Reveal your Esther's in this room. Reveal your Hannah's in this room. Reveal your Joshua's in this room. Reveal your Elijah generation in this room. Reveal the Mary's and the Martha's in this room. Father, but reveal your sons and daughters in this room because we are all called first and foremost to be your son or your daughter in this kingdom. But Father, we are no longer going to wait until you come to clean it all up. But Father, when you return, I pray that you hug all of us and you tell us that you are proud of the work that we accomplished and that we will do greater. We will see greater, not because of who we are, but because we are adapting to what the Almighty's wanting to do. And all you told us to do was go and pray. Noah had never seen rain. 
He had never seen an ark. Jesus said, I need you to build this. He didn't have knowledge of man. There was not directions to put the nursery crib together. But he specifically spoke exactly how long the wood needed to be and where it needed to go. He didn't read that on a piece of paper. (laughs) The Father spoke it to him. Whenever Moses was standing there and he knew he had to save his people, he trusted God. And he said, use this to part the Red Sea. (laughs) And we can't even get up and read our Bibles. Okay, like, come on, guys. He literally used something that had never been used before to part the Red Sea to save the people. They did not have knowledge of man. They had a revelation and a word from the Father, and they obeyed. You have a word. You have a calling inside of you. And it is time for you to obey. You don't need knowledge of man. You do not need a degree on your wall. You know why I don't like preaching? You want to know? Say, why do you not like preaching? Somebody tell me. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Because I struggle so hard to read this. Because I don't comprehend things easily. (laughs) And I get frustrated. Don't use your weakness to stop you from what Yahweh is trying to do in your life. I'm like, Father, you're going to have to renew this mind. Because I ain't got nothing in here that looks like this. But when I began to prepare for this, he gave me the feeling that he felt when he was in the garden. No one's ever really preached a message that I've ever heard on how he felt, like intentionally. Because I've never felt it, so I've never been able to like really emphasize or feel sympathy or try to feel what he was feeling. But in that moment, He knew he could not do what he was supposed to do, but he knew he had to do it because he knew it was an assignment from God and not his own assignment. When Jesus plants something inside of you, it's not for your knowledge or for your gain. It is for the glory of God. And whenever he tells you to do something, it's not going to be easy. There's days that I'm like, can we just like close this place down and move like far, far away in another state because this stuff is hard. But then I look around the room and it's not for the glory of Colton and India. During this mental health series, can I just tell you that a family was healed of alcoholism? Can I tell you that there was three or four, I think almost five men that let something go of cheating on their wives in the church house? Can I tell you that women confessed pornography addictions? Can I tell you that we have sat in people's homes 
and anointed their houses with oil and their children with oil the past two weeks at midnight. That is how you know a revival is starting. Because when you ask for the fire of God, you know what happens first? He burns away all the impurities. And then once the impurities are gone, and then the purest form of you comes out, and the gold mine is ready to say, this is the purest form of gold I can get right now, and this is about to be the awakening of the church. Because he cannot move forward until the church repents. So the church is repenting in this hour and you're seeing people act out in behaviors that we've never seen before. But you want to know why? It's because they feel the pressure of the revival that is about to happen and they don't know whether to act out or repent and let it go. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to know that on New Year's Eve, I laid where Hannah was sitting, I laid on this rug on New Year's Eve night, and we prayed through midnight until New Year's Day. I've not shared this with many people. But I was weeping under the power of Jesus, and I said, Father, you don't do anything until you first reveal it to a prophet. And I said, reveal what's going to happen this year so I can intercede. (laughs) The first scene that I saw, I'm not going to go into everything that I saw, But the first thing that I saw was I saw a man who was dressed really weird and had like goat fur or something on and had horns coming out of his head. And then the next scene I saw uh, people on a football field at the Super Bowl marching in the same sequence, singing the same song with something over their face. Then I saw syringes and people running away from the church doors. I will continue, but I'm not going to reveal it because Jesus hasn't given me the release to reveal, but of what's happening next. And I want to tell you that every scene that I saw is something that's already happened on the earth. But every one of them that I saw, do you want to know what I really saw? I saw the enemy planting the mark of the beast behind the scenes. Y'all are like what in the world I promise y'all can think I'm crazy whatever but it was happening behind the scenes but everybody's attention was on what was happening on the forefront but nobody was paying attention to what was happening behind the scenes let me tell you something We do not wrestle against flesh and blood in this hour, and we never have. We are wrestling against principalities and things that are going on behind the scenes in a spiritual war that we have no idea what's really happening. And when we begin to fall on our faces again like he did in the garden, he knows that he's not wrestling against all those people who are spitting on him. He knows he was not wrestling against the people who nailed him to the cross. He knew that he was not wrestling against Judas who kissed him. He knew that he was not wrestling against Peter who denied him. He knew that he was not wrestling against Barabbas, but he was wrestling an enemy that wanted to stop the plan from the very beginning. You are not wrestling against a vaccination this morning. You are not wrestling against a division of the world this morning. You are not wrestling against the person sitting beside you this morning. You are not wrestling with your spouse in your home this morning. You are wrestling against an enemy who wants to stop the plan of the Almighty. Father, open our eyes again in Jesus' name. We're going to do something different. I'm done. I'm sorry. 
Revelation over knowledge. I challenge you this week. I challenge you this week to start your day different than you have been before. It takes at least 21 days to create a habit. And I dare you, I dare you for the next 21 days when you wake up, wake up 30 minutes early, wake up 10 minutes early and grab this instead of, I don't even have mine up here, instead of whatever, that. And before you fall asleep at night, I challenge you to say your prayers. Whether that's just laying in your bed, whispering to Yahweh, or it's in your room screaming at the devil. It doesn't, we're not like here to compete. You have a way to pray. You have a way to intercede. And it's your place to find what that looks like in your own home. Eat supper this week with your families at the dinner table and turn your phones off. When you go out to eat with people from the church, when you're discipling them because it's coming, turn your phones off. It's time for us to get relational again. We're going to do something different, and I hope everybody's comfortable doing this. Everybody just got so nervous. It's okay. I felt it. I felt like... I want, to, I want you to pray individually first. Praise team, if y'all want to come up and play some instruments, or if not, I'm fine with just the piano. It's whatever. Hannah's probably tired now. Uh, y'all swapped. Y'all did so good, I didn't even recognize it. I want you to close your eyes. I'm not leading you in this prayer. I want you to pray for yourself. If you have to repent, if you have to turn, if you have to come to this altar, whatever that looks like for you. But I want you to pray for yourself. Be selfish for a moment. Search your heart. And I want you to ask for a burning fire inside your soul. do want to challenge you to say this I will not replace revelation from the Father with knowledge of man any longer in Jesus name Father I just ask that you touch every individual in this house whatever holds them back would no longer hold them back Father that they would be able to release themselves into the arms of the Father And Father, I just pray that we individually would make up our minds to be the hands and feet of Yahweh. Now, if you came with a family member, I want you to grab their hand. And if they're not close to you, then you can go find them or you can hold hands with the person beside you if you're comfortable. 
whoever you came with. I want you to pray as a family, out loud, together, for your family, okay? Go. rebuke every enemy that is attacking families in this hour in the name of Jesus. Every enemy that is causing division against sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and just parents against children, even in-laws against in-laws. Father, I rebuke every demon who is coming to cause division in this hour. And Father, the uncomfortableness in the houses is ending today. Father, I challenge them in the name of Jesus to begin to be comfortable around each other, to open the word of God together. The reason why they feel uncomfortable is because the enemy knows the power that's inside the house. Whenever Adam and Eve ate of the tree and became knowledgeable, they were ashamed that they were naked in front of each other because they realized what they were doing. But they didn't care before because all they had was the revelation of Yahweh. Father, I pray intimacy back into the homes of our families again in the name of Jesus. That you are restoring marriages in their bedroom in the name of Jesus. That makes some of you uncomfortable and I pray it does because I'm challenging you to do what the Father intended on you to do. Father, children are not a burden. And I rebuke that curse off of parents in the name of Jesus. Your children are not a burden. And they were not created for you to be worrisome all the time. And so in the name of Jesus, rise up mothers and fathers who do not see their children as burdens any longer. They are arrows in the hand of the Almighty. I want you to keep praying. Father's doing something in families right now. If you have sons and daughters who are not yet in the room with you or in your home or in a place where you want them, call their name out. Jesus, I pray every prodigal son and daughter is returning in the name of Jesus. If your husband or your wife is not on board right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person interceding for their spouse. The enemy's taking his claws off of men in this hour. Men, you're going to open the Bible first this week in the name of Jesus. Your wives are not going to have to be the ones who do it. Whew. And wives, if you are having to do it, do not feel guilty. I just feel the Father telling me that 
Just keep holding on. Keep holding on. Don't give up. Is there any specific family needs that need to be prayed for before I move on? We got one more assignment. Y'all ready? We're going to pray as a church. If you're comfortable joining hands with somebody around you, come do it. If you're comfortable flooding these altars, we're not praying for CATV. We're praying for the body of Christ. And I want a desperation crying out in the next few moments. And I'm challenging you to be desperate with your prayer. Jesus is desperate to save his nation this morning. There is a war raging, not just physically, but spiritually. And it's our job to do this together. Unity is when the church was birthed. So anybody comfortable, I want you to flood these altars. If you're not comfortable, don't feel ashamed. You can sit in your seat. But I want this altar filled with people who are crying out for the church and the bride of Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your church, for the bride of Christ. Father, I pray that the bride begins to awake in this hour in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray for an awakening over the church and the homes. Father, I pray for your nations. Father, I pray for Afghanistan right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every family who is being hurt and afflicted in this hour. And Father, I pray that a revival starts over there and that those who are causing this war would turn themselves back to you, Jesus. Father, I pray that all of them would literally just fall before you in visions and dreams of that they have of you. And Father, that they begin to repent under the Father of the Almighty, Jesus. I pray the power of Jesus enters Afghanistan like a mighty tsunami in the name of Jesus. Father, that a tsunami hits Afghanistan in a spiritual way that knocks them on their faces to repent of the Father. Father, it says that every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. And Father, I pray that an awakening happens over all of our nations, over the U.S., Father, that you would completely send a revival and an awakening. Father, that in Fort Payne, Alabama, that the church would be the church and would begin to rise up, Jesus. It's about to be something that we've never experienced before. Father, I pray that you prepare us, make us Make us one again, Jesus, all over this world. Unite your church. 
you not the body of Christ. I'm not trying to scare some of you. But it's about to get really bad. But it's about to be really good at the same time. We have not even seen a portion of the tribulation that's about to happen. We are literally dabbling our feet in what's about to happen all over this world. And we cannot cower down as the church and be afraid and hide in our homes. It is time for us to get on our faces again and stick together because we cannot fight what's about to happen alone. We cannot do it by ourselves. That's why it takes the body. It takes the remnant that the revelation talks about. It takes the remnant of God coming together. So, Father, strengthen us. Hug your neighbor beside you, and you are telling them we got this. We're doing this together. We're not doing this alone. You do not have to fight this alone. Church. The next time somebody says it's not going to happen, you show them it's going to happen all over this world. Are y'all ready to see a revival? I'm so ready. I just challenge all of you to seek revelation this week and seek the knowledge and the wisdom and the counsel of God. If there's any specific needs, you can come and come to the altar and have prayer. Um, but I think father's doing what done doing (laughs) i love all of you and you're all beautiful and sorry i was a sobbing the whole time but i hope you at least heard what was supposed to be heard (laughs) um i'm excited for what's about to come Uh, next sunday is baptism sunday so we're about to we're about to enter into this revival really good Um, and then Colton's series after that is getting back to the basics. So there's going to be a lot of challenging, but um, I'm going to turn this back over to him. <laughs> what about that word from the Lord? Y'all, that's awesome. God's good. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that you experience the love of Jesus this week.